Okay, welcome to episode 36 at MUFC Pubcast. Now, we weren't going to do an uh, episode today, but Larry and I couldn't meet up at the pub, so doing one at work with a good mate, George, who was also the supporters club goalkeeper when we smashed Liverpool. Now, first things first, we were talking off-air, speaking of goalkeepers, you were a bit critical of Caballero in goals. You thought we could have done better with Rashford's free kick. Yeah, take nothing away from Rashford's free kick. It was brilliant, great dip on it, but you feel as though that in, in, in Chelsea's case, if Kepa was in goals, there, there's a chance he could have saved it. It wasn't exactly in the corner. And controversial, I think. Yeah, controversial. Of, it was a great free kick. Hell of a free kick. Um, just to say a top keeper, keeper could have saved that. Well, direct your abuse at George, not me. I think it was unstoppable. But um, we'll get to the free kick in a little bit. Um, we'll get straight in with just a quick one today. But he reverted back to three five two. Um, he had the he had those couple of games where he had three five two. Then for the Norwich game, he went four two three one. Just because it sort of throws up a little bit of a debate on Facebook and Twitter. What's your thoughts on the three five two? Like, do you see it as a defensive thing or? It, it's an okay formation. I feel as though it was good to nullify Jorginho and Kovacic today in midfield. They didn't really have much time and space to turn on the ball. Every pass that they did was either sideways or backwards. So that limited the amount of time that Pulisic and hudson Adoya were on the ball. So they, because, of that, because of that subtle change in midfield, that stopped their wingers from even being able to get on the ball and run it. Potentially Brandon Williams, who may be untested against someone who, of hudson Adoy's pace. Yeah, well, yeah, I think look, Chelsea played well in that first game. The first game, obviously, a different system for us, but Chelsea played well in the first game, and they've been on a roll ever since, pretty much. But today, whether it be down to our formation or Chelsea having an off day, they didn't really do too much. Uh, their, their goal, which obviously came from our mistake, I can't think they're really hurting us too much. But in terms of the shape, like we just mentioned is correct. But from our point of view, uh, just in terms of... A lot of people want to see us play a 4-3-3 and they suddenly see it three at the back, or depends how you look at it, a three or a five at the back, and suddenly people think, oh, we're Man United, that's too defensive. Do you see it like that, or do you think you can still be attacking with... I still feel as though it can be attacking. If anything, it allows us to press higher up the pitch and start our attacks if from inside the opposition half rather than starting back in our own, just outside of our own box. That way we can get on the press straight away and... Well, in, in the opposition yeah, the, the that's thing, the best thing I like about well, not the best thing, but what I find most pleasing about the 3-5-2 is having two, two players up front. Because yep. so many defences now don't deal with two up front. Everyone plays a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1, where you just deal with that one Yeah, for sure, striker. especially today when it was Rashford and James up front. They're, so they're sent about Zuma and um, Gouet struggled to, deal, struggled to deal with their pace, and even Rashford, when he held up the held up ball pretty well and had players running beyond him, that's, that's yeah. when we look dangerous. Well, whoever we are up front, whether it be James and Rashford or Rashford and Martial, well, they're very quick players. Like any back four is going to struggle, or not so much struggle, but any back four is going to be sort of on the back foot, always worrying about the pace, balling behind, which would give the likes of McTominay and Fred, who both had a good game this morning, that extra time on the ball. But we'll go actually into the team selection. Um, Romero in goals, the back three, Rojo, Maguire and Lindelof with Brendan Williams and Wan-Bissaka. Wan-Bissaka play? Yeah, Wan-Bissaka. Yeah, Wan-Bissaka right back. Um, Fred and McTominay will take their usual spot in the middle. Um, Jesse Lingard, Lingard, Lingard at 10. Um, and James, obviously Rashford, James and Rashford, which, again, as I just mentioned, two up front, I think is always good to see. And James sort of has been playing that sort of role reason, not, let's say, like a striker, but has been playing a little bit central at times, which, yeah, which... I prefer him out wide, but he does really, especially in terms of the press. Yeah, um, does very And I well. guess he also has that threat of shooting from distance that centre-backs have to be aware of. They can't sit back on him and that 
that forcing the defender to come forward can open up the space for a through ball to Rashford or Martial if he's playing. Yeah. Um, we're just discussing there. Not actually too much in terms of incidents actually happen in the game. But so the first one, the penalty, I thought it was a clear penalty. Some people yeah, say... Yeah, I'd agree with that. Not so much the contact with the feet. I thought he connected with the hip. Well, that um, too. And also, he's going from behind. As soon as James had made that penetrating run, it was as soon as he got touched in the box, he was going to go down and... Do you think James goes down? I don't think it was... As in go down, I didn't think he meant take a dive, but any sort of contact when you're moving at that pace is going to put a play to the ground. But, but do you think James, yeah, not, not so much into this a big grey area at the moment on what's a dive? Is a dive something without contact or is a dive some embellishing contact, etc.? Just in general terms, do you think Daniel James goes down too easily or it's a part of his game or... Uh, just... Potentially yes, but also he's not the, he's not the biggest and strongest player in the world either. So if any touch when he's moving at that pace could potentially send him to the ground, and it, it's through no fault of his own. All right, there was one incident against Wolves where he did legitimately take a dive without any contact. But since then, I feel as though he's made an effort to stay on his feet. I think more of our players should take dives. I think win as many free because it seems we get a penalty every week. Yeah, we might as well be throwing and ourselves it, to I the th- ground. I feel as though even with that one, had VAR been in place, it wouldn't have been overturned because there was clear and obvious contact that sent a player to the ground and off his traje- trajectory. Well, so. if it did go to VAR, I think if they did give the one against Norwich, they'd definitely have to give the one against Chelsea. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I thought the one against Chelsea, um, the Norwich one, James initiated the contact. Where this one, I think, I forget who made the challenge. Yeah, it was James. Alonso. Alonso made the challenge, it? Yeah. He was the one who made and the challenge. And he was beaten as well, so that made the challenge even worse than what it was. He was never going to win the ball. Okay, and now, something United, a love-hate relationship United have, is with penalties. What were you thinking when Rashford stepped up? Were you thinking right decision to give it to him? Or? Uh, I personally, I feel as though it was. I mean, OK, he had one, one black mark against Norwich, but it doesn't take away that he took the pressure penalty against PSG in the was first one else, to start the season. Who else was on the pitch who could have taken I thought when... Just the way the camera angle, when the penalty was given, I saw the camera just sort of picked up McTominay in the corner of the pitcher and it looked like he was going for the ball. And I thought McTominay was going to step up. Um, but obviously Rashford, I'm just trying to think, was there well, anyone no, on no, the no, but Nobody else apart from Lingard in that starting starting eleven has taken a penalty in yeah. professional football. So, Well, he's, he's, there's a stat for you. Go through the team. Oh, surely Fred's taken one. Or, Fred? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maguire, Maguire took one in shootouts maybe for England. Maybe even then he was he wasn't part he wasn't one of the five in, in yeah. the England team that took it. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, no, I wouldn't have thought of that. Um, inter- interesting one there for you. Um, but was it a good penalty? Yeah, um, it was a good penalty. A, a good pressure, if he missed that penalty, the pressure on him, God, like, okay, it's great to score, great to go take the lead. But if he missed, oh, the I mean, he was coming back. He was coming off. Or oh, he's been three out of five this season in penalties, yeah. missed against Palace as well and Norwich. But just... seems to get a penalty every week. Do you reckon how many penalties we'll get against Bournemouth? Do you think? Uh, <laughs> you'd hope to think that we can score from open play more. Well, that, more that so is coming. Uh, yeah, hopefully, goal does come from open play. Um, we'll take these from set pieces, especially his second goal, which we'll get to. Um, but obviously, very, very pleased to see Rashford. Not so much again. Not so much for the result or taking the lead or anything. Just in terms of easing that pressure, if he missed two on the bounce, um, it would have really got to him, I think. But we'll go to the next incident, which took well, which was actually probably the goal, um, the Chelsea goal. Yeah. Um, on initial reaction, you, you see Harry Maguire um, go up for the header pretty much on halfway with Batshuayi. Yeah. And whether Maguire won it or Batshuayi won it, it just the ball broke free. Um, I thought sort of Maguire headed it on to Batshuayi and it broke free. Yeah. Um, oh, it was a good, it was a good area, yeah, good contested I, area. I, I think it, that happens. 
I don't know what way to look at it. If that was Lindelof, I think we look at that and say Lindelof was bullied in there and lost that. Where I don't think that's the case. I think just in that's perception of how you view the two players. Yeah. I think Maguire's at fault for the goal, but not so much at fault for that duel. I think his fault is not bringing him down when Batshuayi was running through. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the header, he went up and whether he won it or lost it, I think he lost it in midair when the ball went behind him. Yeah. And I'd seen Vidic used to do that for years. After 50-50, Vidic would get up and look like he was concussed. He yeah. could never find the ball. No. Um, so a lot of people pointed the blame that Maguire said he was bullied. Though. I don't think that was the case. I think where he was at fault was when Batshuayi was running through, he should have taken him down. Yeah, for I, th- sure. I think he had one guy pulling his shirt and sort of missed. On, and not even. It just, the camera could have just given that illusion because that's his arms yeah. pulling out when he's, when he's running. But it didn't seem like he made a genuine attempt to foul. Someone with Maguire's stature could easily bring down Batshuayi if he really wanted to. He, he could have easily done Especially from that and he, and he had plenty of goes. He was clearly running maybe, I don't know. Got off the top of my head, maybe around twenty or thirty meters with the ball. Yeah, he, he, ran, he ran from inside his own half to about twenty-five yards out before he put in the bottom corner. So he had more than enough time to do it. And then when look, okay, hats off, it was a decent finish. But yeah. what do you think then? I don't think we would, would have made too much of it if Harry Maguire didn't do it. But as soon as the ball goes in, Harry Maguire turns around to Rojo and says, "You should have closed down." In I, I see both sides. The I see correct, but I also see Maguire had to take one for the team. Well, well no, Maguire's almost. Um, how do I say it? Almost shifting the blame, realizing, well, I wasn't faulty. How can I? And, and I don't mean this as criticism. Every play does it when you when you sky a ball over the crossbar, you point to the ground and say it took yeah. a bobble. I think he's realized he's made the mistake, and then sort of said, "Rojo, you should have closed down as well." Um, do you think Rojo was semi at fault as well? Or? No, I guess he's semi at fault. If anything, the only players in that scenario that did the right thing was Lindelof by forcing him to take forcing him to the, take the outside shoulder and the longest route to go. He was just unlucky that he got that. Yeah. Such precise. Yeah, well, 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 if that's on our corner. side and that's Rashford going through, we're praising the strike. Um, when it happens to us, we look at the defence and we criticise. So um, it's a definitely the goal definitely comes from our mistake. Yeah. But look, hats off it was a decent little goal. Yeah, um, Rom- was Romero finished it really well. Romero sure. couldn't really save. I don't think De Gea would have been no, expected nice to finish. save. It. He, De Gea copped a similar one on Monday morning anyway. So. Um, really and we've got something that Solskjaer has been criticised before in terms of his in-game management and substitutions. This is where if you have criticised him in the past, you're going to have to praise him. Where he. Um, who did he take? He, he definitely changed the shape. He took Lindelof off. Yeah, he took off Lindelof to Lind- put on Martial, go four four two to yeah, get the goal, yeah, and then it yeah, pretty much changed almost. A, I would say almost a flat four four two. Yeah, then went like for like Pereira, Pereira on for Lingard, Lingard, and then at the end brought Young on for Rashford. But what do you think? I haven't spoken to you before. So not not so much about this one, um, which I guess this is the most in recent memory. But Solskjaer's in-game management, sometimes a lot of people have questioned his subs have been a little bit too late and sort of, I'd say, like for like, where this one was one all. And whether it be a difference, this is a cup match compared to a league match. But where do you stand on him? I, in, in I feel like whether it's management? a cup or league match, the mentality of a manager shouldn't change. And I think he got a spot on today. At the time when we needed to go for the goal, that's when he took off a centre-half and brought on a centre-forward in, in order to chase that goal. And once we did have that goal... That's when we that's when we brought on an extra defender to try and um, nullify that lead and take it into full time, albeit not the best defender on paper, but we got there in the end. Well, he seemed to have done a number, and look, again, we go back to the first game and we beat Chelsea 4-0, so it looks fantastic, but we all remember Chelsea were quite good in that game, we just yeah, well, were sure. very, very clinical. That could have been up to nil after in the first 20 minutes. But results are results, and you have to say, as much praise as Lampard is getting, and rightly so, he's doing very well, and Solskjaer, look, overall, hasn't been doing very well. But you still have to take your hat off to Solskjaer. He's done Lampard twice because I thought we were 
Well, it was a relatively even game today. I thought we well, deserved, yeah, sure. d- deserved winners. And while Chelsea did play well in the first game, we did deserve to win. I think that first game, Chelsea did play very well. But yeah, we based were... on our second half performance, yeah. we, we ran all over them. And even in the first half, even though they did have that strong first 20 minutes, we, the, the second 25 of the first half is where we began to put our footprint so on the Solskjaer, game. So maybe you look in big games, you look at PSG, you look at Chelsea this year, Chelsea away last year. Personally, even Barcelona away, I thought we got right the first first yeah. half. Is just... so, so in these big games against good teams, maybe it does suit Solskjaer and that's, he obviously then has to improve in the games that he should win. But is that not deja vu with Van Gaal when he was getting so many results against big yeah. teams? and then? Do you think it's a, the way I look at it, whether it be a manager issue or not, do you think the players then sort of in their mentality... But they almost when we used to when we were the big team going to a smaller team the smaller team used to sort of raise their game yeah. and they would have a great 90 minutes then they'll go and lose a sort of relegation battle next week yeah. when now we're almost the team that are raising it for the big games where yeah. it's all, that should almost be criticism because the performance and mentality should be the same every yeah, week yeah well, it's got to be the same every week from us and also because teams don't look at us any differently back to when we were dominant those relegation teams will still lift their performance for us yeah. we saw we saw that with Southampton they managed to get the point out of us as yeah. well I so. still think regardless you look how much better City and how much better Liverpool are I think the biggest scalp in the league is still United yeah for sure I think everyone um, well, Liverpool could beat who they beat they beat Tottenham last week yeah um, and if whoever United play United will be the story on the back page yeah excellent um, for sure so that was a change in shape now on to the main talking point of the game um, when Rashford was lining up that free kick how many rows back did you think the ball was going to land? At least ten. He, he, oh, I haven't seen him hit the target in a while from a free kick. That was, that was a massive. That was a massive shock. I didn't know whether to. Cel- I didn't know whether to celebrate or oh, be that, in shock. Hundred percent agree. It was a shock. But don't you think? Well, I remember when he was lining up. I think. Well, from this distance, it's probably a distance that probably suits him. Although the the ball has time to do what he wants to do. It's when he's closer closer to goal the ball doesn't have that time to dip and swerve and generate that power when he's further back if he hits it on target it's going to be a nightmare for a goalkeeper so I wasn't confident it was going to go in but I was semi-confident thinking just if he gets his right I back him from this distance rather than closer if that makes yeah, sense yeah to be fair the other free kick that he scored was against Celta Vigo in the Europa League if he used back in well, he, he, used to, he used to take different free kicks then he used to yeah. use, I don't know how you'd call it yeah, well, I wouldn't say bend, Beckham, the bending but, method yeah. Yeah. Um, now he's gone to the knuckleball method and I guess he seems, still well, seems to be coming to terms with well, it well, well when you get distances. the knuckleball method right that's beautiful yeah um, and look all day on Facebook and Twitter the comparisons have been made um the Ronaldo free kick against Portsmouth and this free kick. Oh, Ronaldo free kick against Portsmouth still for me. You still have that above it? Oh, uh, for uh, sure. By a long way. Personally, I do as well. Personally, there was one he took against a European eleven in like a charity game. Yeah. If people don't remember, watch that from Google Ronaldo against European eleven. Unbelievable, the reverse angle. But the Portsmouth free kick, um, yeah, I think still does it. Maybe a bit of nostalgia. We look back and that was in a title winning season. This um, free kick might not lead to anything. Um, and maybe that's sort of how you sort of remember goals. But um, yeah, I think the, the Ronaldo goal still, just the way it was more in the top corner. It, it was did, more in the top did, corner, did corner and, the and, and went, through, went through a bit of outswing and in-swing as well. Yeah. This was more just... And then this, yeah, we don't want to... I'm not bashing at all. But oh, I, no. I, we owe it was, still, it was still a great free kick. It's yeah. just that Ronaldo's was just... Yeah. You've got to pick one over the other, and Ronaldo's was just better. Well, run a poll in the comments or on Twitter or whatever. Um, let us know what one you prefer. I think a lot of people probably do prefer this Rashford one. It was um, a lot further out, I think, or from memory. It was a lot further out. Oh, roughly the same distance, I reckon. Um, yeah, unbelievable. I think I've watched it about 30 times today, and when I get home after work, I'm sure another 30 times before bed as well. 
Um, now, Larry reminded me before I um, started recording, you sent through to remember to do the 3-2-1 votes. I think yeah. we, we haven't discussed it, but I think we'll be relatively similar in our... Um, in our votes, we'll go. Th- who do you got for man of the match? Three points. Man of the match, just for his two goals, so that we wouldn't have won the game with the fractured. Yeah. Albeit that from set pieces, if he didn't score those goals and h- handle the pressure, we wouldn't be in the next stage of the cup. So yeah. I-, I would say Rashford. I think um, his performance was good. I think, think he performed better against Norwich. I think his performance was good um, against some decent, decent Chelsea defenders. But um, yeah, when you score two goals and especially a goal like that away in the cup. Regardless of whose forms, even if you got sent off, you would have to give him man of the match. I yeah, think um, definitely. So definitely do three points for Rashford. I'll just write that down. Um, two points. Who you got for two points? We'll see. This might be a little bit more of a two points. I went for McTominay. I thought he was really good in midfield. Won the didn't didn't lose a challenge. Won every time he went for the ball, he won it and started really good second phase play off the back of him winning those balls and that put the Chelsea defence on the back foot. And yeah. also the job that he did on nullifying Jorginho and Kovacic, making sure they were never able to turn and play an open pass to Pulisic or hudson Adoy. Yeah, I think, I think before... Yeah, you take the goals out of it. I think McTominay had a better performance than Rashford. Um, and McTom- that's not part of his game. McTominay obviously yeah. scored last week. Yeah. But um, you do have to evaluate that in terms of taking big moments away in the, the 90 minutes. I thought he maybe... F- oh, I wouldn't say faded in the second half, but Chelsea got into the game a little bit more. But... Um, yeah, I don't think we get these three wins, three away wins without McTominay. I think he's been crucial. He's so, been excellent. Um, what were you thinking? I was spoken to a few people. We spoke about it last week. Uh, McTominay. I think we all I've just spoken to you before about it in terms of he's probably a limited player. He's not this going to be this world class player that we sort of hope for, but he's he could be a very good squad player for United. For sure, he's got a very great, um, very good career on his hands. Yeah, there's a few comparisons you can make to Darren Fletcher as but, well. But do you think we've not criticised ability, but we've pointed out with him? Okay, he's Here's what he is, but do you think he's maybe a little bit better in terms of a bit better at football than potentially? That also comes from more exposure to top flight football, and it yeah. is, and even from McTominay European football, both in the Champions League last season and the Europa League this season, and hopefully in the Champions League in years to come. As he develops at that top level, that's when he can add more strings to his bow and develop into a better player. I think there's one thing with McTominay, we still say he's a young player and he's a young player, but he's a little bit older than that sort of, and you say, yeah, he's 21 now. However, in terms of experience, which Mourinho has come out which correctly in the last couple of weeks and talked about age versus experience, where Rashford is almost older than McTominay in terms of football in years, so he's played at a higher level for longer. So um, you've got to find that balance of. Well, okay, he's a little bit older. You expect a little bit more from an older player, but in terms of sort of his, his football in years, he's still quite young. He's still almost. I, I sort of view him as still a youth player, where a lot of people treat him now as sort of an established player. Yeah. So um, he is a player and with a with a position with a midfield that we have at the moment. He really is an established player yeah. compared to the midfield that we have at the moment. He's our best, he's our best midfielder at the yeah, moment. Yeah, Madich not really featuring too much. Pogba being injured. I mean, McTominay's. And Pereira, rightfully so, even though he came off the bench today, have stepped up really well. Yeah. Um, okay, a lot of talking points there for McTominay with a basic two points, but anyone for one point? One point, I'd say Daniel James, just for his, for the runs that he made in behind, especially the run that he got, that he made to get the penalty. That put Chelsea on the back foot, made their defence take a few, take a couple of yards back, and therefore that opened up the gaps for um, Lingard to work in and Rashford and and James to operate in. I think does. I think, I think James not so much on the ball. I just think the, I wouldn't say the mentality he brings to the team, but the intent he brings to the team, it affects the opposition so much. Yeah. Whether it be going in behind and he forces their back four further back, or 
um, when the other team has the ball, his pressing ability it does sort of throw the defender some concern as well. So I think the intent he brings everyone, both our team and the opposition. Just the fact that he runs at players as well, that, that makes a defender think twice about going in, knowing that they, he could just go around in the blink of an eye. Okay, well, well as you're the guest, we'll, and I pretty much agree with that, 3-2-1. So three for Rashford, two for McTominay, and one for Daniel James, or as Larry calls him, Daniel Beckham. Um, although I never saw David Beckham play up front. Um, when he did play central, it was obviously in midfield. Um, now we've got time, we will touch on the Bournemouth match um, coming up this week on, because it's a quick turnaround now, usually we have to wait for a Sunday kickoff or a Monday morning kickoff, Sydney time, Yeah. but we've got a rare 11.30 Saturday night game, uh, first game of the weekend. We've got a good record at Bournemouth, I think we lost under Van Hal, but since then, since Yeah, Mourinho, we lost our first game at, at that stage. Uh, since Mourinho the... came in, I think we've had four games there, three, three or four games. Three or four games. And, and um, one, won them all. one or more, yeah. So, um, it is a type of game, though. Okay, we do have a good record there, but it's a type of ground. You think, oh god, that's got to be tricky. Yeah, it could be so, tricky. So, um, how did you see much of Bournemouth? Did you? I haven't seen too much. I think it, people still rave on about Eddie Howe, um, but it's a game we should go on. It's win. a game we should go on and win, but at the same time, that they can upset us as well. We, we've seen them do it. We've seen them do it at Old Trafford to us as well twice in the past three years, yeah. where they've been able to steal points from us. So you, it, it's not. It wouldn't be surprised if they could do it at home as well. Well, it's a really tight pitch as well. So it'll be interesting um, how Solskjaer approaches it in terms of this three-five-two, where he can sort of pack the mid- midfield and two up front. But then you sort of, you lack a little bit of width, especially with. Look, we'd love to see Brandon Williams play on the left-hand side. If it's a three-five-two, you'd love Brandon Williams, but we all know it's going to be Ashley Young. And if it's a 3-5-2, it's going to be Wan-Bissaka who, while fantastic in terms of going forward, doesn't provide sort of great width and sort of... I think he's performed yeah. a little bit better going forward, but still doesn't provide sort of the quality you need. So I wouldn't be surprised if he shifts back to a 4-2-3-1, which gives us a little bit more width higher up the pitch in terms of... I think he will also because Bournemouth don't, have, don't really have too many threats in midfield that you need to nullify it to the extent that you can't let them turn off the ball. And I, th- I think the reason now, I think Martial's looking a bit fitter now. You've got Rashford and James who I don't... Th- well, we can argue, say, Rashford could potentially need a rest, etc. But after two goals in the cup game, you can't drop him for the weekend. You'd think he'd be raring a goal so, as well. So um, I think Rashford definitely plays, and then Martial plays, and Daniel James is extremely hard to drop. So I think... I think he'll play too. With those three, I think that is... I think Rashford will probably play off the left with Martial up front. Um, yeah, James and then right. James on the right, which I have been banging on, and I have been proven correct. That is not arrogant. I am just correct. Play Daniel James on the right for sure, one hundred percent. Now, at his, let's assume it's a four-two-three-one. Who do you play at ten? Ten. I'd, I'd have to say Pereira. He comes back in for Lingard. Lingard for me against a makeshift Chelsea back four didn't create really create too much. Yeah, he's. What do you think of Lingard's season? Do you, Personally, I think it's been below par. Oh, oh, oh no, obviously below. Yeah, no, no arguments there. He's been below par. But in terms of, I wouldn't say his future at the club, but do you see him turning around, having a like? I would say a great season, but sort of turning it around and having a positive contribution to the team, or he's a little bit off the pace just in general quality. I think he's just off the pace, off the pace in terms of general quality more than anything. I think he had that good two, two or three years where. He was a bit. He was making positive contributions, but now that teams with video footage have been able to work him out, not because he doesn't have too much variety to his game more than anything. There's, they're they're able to nullify him easily, yeah. just by simple man marking more than anything. Um, and it's obviously well, we assume will be Fred McTominay um, in the middle. Although the games are piling up for them as well, so um, yeah. you'd assume it's them, but yeah, potentially someone comes in for them. Potentially, who is it? No one really. Well, no, no, it really. would have to be them. 
Because Ma- Ma- Maddich, Maddich. I don't think he's there. I think he's away in Dubai or something. Yeah. Um, negotiating his next move, hopefully. Or when Pogba comes, Pogba potentially yeah, we'll, comes back from injury, we'll whatever that is. Yeah, Pogba, that's another debate for another day when he's going to be back. Um, yeah. And the Potentially, back... Juan Mata, he's the only other one that could start at 10 as well. Oh, well he should be starting each week for me. Anyone who knows me understands why. But, look, yeah, it's hard. As much as I love Mata, I think Pereira is probably the right option yeah. um, at 10. Um, the back four... It pretty much picks itself. I think the first three will all pick Lindelof, Maguire, and Juan Bissaka on the right. And yeah. I think the I, I think based on form, Brandon Williams do, yeah. deserves to be starting any day of the week over Ashley. Young. I think everyone listening to this would say Brandon Williams over Ashley Young. And there might be there might be a bit of soul show which agrees. I, I hope so. But if we were to put money on, I think we both expect Young yeah. to play left back. Um, but yeah, one hundred percent. I think Brandon Williams has not put a foot wrong. Um, my highlight in, ter- in terms of longevity for the squad going forward, I don't see how Ashley Young contributes to that, and he doesn't even contribute too much to our form on the pitch, well, if, well, unless it's in a negative way. Well, I think Young can. And look, we've been, we've banned Young on this podcast for months now. I think he can do well, um, but I think it is almost a case of you play Brandon Williams in this game against Bournemouth, and I think our next game is at home to Brighton. Yeah, that's a game where you can you can rest Brandon Williams and play Young, give Young his minutes there and let him contribute give Brandon Williams take him out of the spotlight but in our tougher game play Brandon Williams because he's better for sure um, and those big games will give him the experience yeah so or bigger games Bournemouth wouldn't be, be classed as a big game but a more important game for us yeah. although in saying that it will be hard for it's very easy for us to say play Brandon Williams but in terms of how old is he is he 18, 19 he's 19 19 yeah. so be very hard for two physical or every game is going to be physical but two very tough games in the space of two or three days um, it is hard for a night it's very easy to say oh he should play but very hard for a 19 year old to back up after a game I thought he chance. ended all pretty, pretty oh, well no, he, he, he should do it no, he's obviously got the physical attributes to do it it just is Hudson Odoi didn't get past him all day so yeah oh no I look 100% would love to see Brandon Williams I just I'm, I think I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself for why Ashley Young will play yeah. even though I don't agree with it um, and obviously a stupid one, but De Gea obviously comes back yeah, in for Romero. For Romero, I think, could you name a better backup goalkeeper in the world? Probably not, and not not one that he's willing to be a backup goalkeeper yeah. as well. I think that's a lot of people maybe. And that's that's the most underestimated thing about him. I think his willingness to be number two to De Gea. He's good enough to start. I'd say more than half the other clubs in the Premier well, League. I one hundred percent agree. However, there's a really good case, and I've seen a couple of really good jokes. Not not jokes, sort of memes flying around. It's saying um, how bad it is of Romero to accept that he's the second keeper. Like, if he's a profe- professional footballer, he should try and progress his career and go and play somewhere and win stuff. But he's happy to sit on his wage and just like, play five games a season, which, if it was you or me, would do the same thing. Oh, like, sure. You'd love to go and collect that wage and play for Man United. Yeah. But a lot of people sort of question, well, if he, re- if he wanted to do, sort of get more out of his career, he should go somewhere else But I, g- I guess also he's, he did sign for us after he made a World Cup final and at the age of 29. So at that yeah. stage, he's in the late, later stages of his career. So maybe he was satisfied with what he did achieve in his career prior to that. So. Oh, no, look. Uh, and to, to finish at a club like United, I mean... No, uh, hats off to... I cannot fault Romero since he's come in. I, think, I remember people, whenever you have a debate about Romero, they come back and talk about, oh, he made mistakes at Swansea in his first season. God, OK, a goalkeeper made a mistake. That, that happens. Yeah. And, um, but I remember in Perth as well. We met him a few times in Perth and he had a lot of time for fans. Like he would stay back and sign autographs and things for people. And, um, yeah, as I said, he's living the dream, sitting on the bench at Old... Best seats in the house at Old Trafford, um, getting paid an absolute fortune, you'd assume. 
and um, gets to come on and yeah, he's on six figures at least yeah, yeah, per week. He'd say gets to come on and play um, the odd game, and he sort of plays more than we actually play. Give him credit for you, yeah. Well, and he plays really well too. He probably racks up 10, 15 appearances, um, which most reserve goalkeepers just couldn't dream of. So um, fair play to Romero for that. Um, I think we should dedicate more time for Romero. I mean, also point. now that he's given up his Argentina duty as well, he can. He doesn't play for them anymore, does he? No. no? Which um, I, th- I still feel as though we could, but he just speaking doesn't. another. We'll just we'll finish soon, but to speak on another Argentinian, someone who I don't think's getting enough credit under Solskjaer. Um, what do you think of Rojo? I think he's been really good today. I'm starting to I'm really good today, and every, every game that he's played all season, I don't think he's put a foot wrong, to be honest. Yeah, I think he's been. Um, look, I've made no secret before. I love having an Argentine in the team. Just something about their mentality, and obviously what I'm just speaking about Romero, but obviously an on-field player. Um, he does scare you when he's on the pitch because you think, oh, God, there's a mistake coming or there's a red card coming. But I think he does that to the opposition as well. The, op- the opposition is scared of him as well because yeah. they think a tackle could come in flying yeah, he, at my he's, knees. He's tough, he's physical, and that's the sort of... It might be reckless at times, but that's the sort of defender that we need. Yeah. Um, he's just put some fear into the opposition. So I think people start... And I don't, I don't think anyone's really getting on Rojo's case. He's not at sort of Phil Jones or Chris Smallin level at the moment. But no. I think um, a little bit more respect for Rojo because I think he's doing very well. Um... Enough about the Argentines. We'll get back. Well, it's about just about wraps up for uh, this week. It was again it was just supposed to be a quick one to try and give our listeners something a little bit positive to talk about because usually it's moaning after each result. But while we're winning, we'll try and get as much content out as possible because I'd rather talk about a win than a loss. Um, also, if you're in Sydney, if you're a listener from Sydney on Saturday night, the Supporters Club is getting together at the Piermont Bridge Hotel to watch the Bournemouth match. Um, it's the last kickoff time. It's the last reasonable kickoff time of 2019, 11.30 kickoff. After that, I think the rest of the games this year are all sort of Sunday night, Monday morning games, which are just an absolute nightmare. Or midweek. Yeah, midweek games. So if you're in Sydney, please come down and take advantage of the good kickoff time. It's much better watching the game at the pub with others rather than sitting at home and smashing your keyboard when Ashley Young commits a foul. So please come down and support. Actually, also, Man United got in touch with us, not not with the pubcast, but with the supporters club. Um, they want a couple of photos sent through from our match gathering at the pub to be sent through to the next uh, for the next Inside United magazine. So if ever you've wanted to be in the Man United magazine, um, we'll be taking a few photos down there to send through. So um, there's a little bit of motivation for you. Um, so hopefully see everyone there on Saturday night. Um, hopefully to discuss another win. We'll, we'll obviously record another podcast there, um, sort of a pre-match half-time and full-time, assuming we win, assuming we're happy with the team selection. Um, so if you want to come down and have a moan on the podcast, feel free. And, um, yeah, Larry and I will be back early next week. Um, regular time, regular discussion. Um, George, pleasure to have you on. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, and again, thank you all for the support with the podcast. We really appreciate it. So hopefully this is an enjoyable one. And we will speak to you on Saturday night. Cheers.